right, welcome to another episode of the Arizona Timeless Tours Podcast. Hope everybody is doing great today. Today we're going to talk about an extraordinary woman, a woman that I'm glad that I found out about so I can bring her story back to the front. It's been buried in history, I believe, uh, when I found it about a year ago, and I've been researching it ever since. And uh, I'm really looking forward in this podcast to bringing you the story, the life of Pauline Cushman, the famous female union spy. That's right. I said the famous female union spy during the Civil War. Before we get into this, let me tell you where you can find the Arizona Timeless Tours, okay? You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Parlor, and LinkedIn at the Arizona Timeless Tours and, a, and across... Um, I always mess this one up. Podcasting platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Apple Podcast. If you would like to support this podcast and keeping the Arizona Timeless Tours platform online and keep it going, I would really appreciate it if you would donate to my PayPal account. You can find that link on my YouTube channel, the top right-hand corner. If you go to the About section of my YouTube channel, it's under Dean's Adventure Tank. That's the PayPal link. That will help me keep this platform up and going. I have to figure out some way to bring funds into this to keep this thing rolling here. I want to buy a piece of equipment for this podcast uh, that I'll be able to take calls and, and record interviews so until I can raise the funds to do that, we're just going to keep going just like this. But uh, I appreciate everybody, everybody out there who has supported this podcast. It's really doing, it's it's doing great, folks. It's exceeding every expectation I've had when I started this podcast. Especially since I don't I don't go back in and edit any of this. This is just raw audio. I stumble. I say things I probably shouldn't. I'm I'm reading off things. Uh, it, I just just like now, stumbling over my words. So anyhow, thanks to everybody who supports the channel. I just put out a YouTube video yesterday. It's doing excellent. Over 320 views so far since yesterday evening. Uh, the watch time on it is over 60%. Spectacular. Um, it's on the Florence. It's on the town of Florence, Arizona. It touches on Pauline Cushman. Go check it out. Uh, it's my latest video on YouTube. Leave me, please, 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 please leave me a comment. Tell me where you heard about the Arizona Time of Stories. So if you're finding me here on, on the podcast, please throw in the comment section that you found me on this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. All right, let's get uh, let's get into this, this unbelievable woman, her unbelievable life. Now, we, we just have a short podcast here, about 30 total minutes. So what I'm going to be telling you about Pauline Cushman is going to be like at a sprinter's pace. So I would, I would encourage you to go and look up the life of Pauline and uh, check out her book. I got it right here in front of me, The Life of Pauline Cushman, written back in the late 18, uh, 1890s. Uh, what, what this book does... Um, I'm 20 pages away from finishing it. I'm on page 228. It's 248 pages long. It cost me a couple of dollars to download it. And what it does is it fills in the gaps. It'll help you fill in the gaps on this extraordinary woman's life. Because most of the places when you go online and you look up uh, her story, it's just going to 
highlight, you know, certain parts of her life. And you're going to be like, well, what happened 18 in the middle of this, this, this section from when she was born to when she moved to New York? What, what happened in those 18 years? The book is going to definitely help you out with that. So let's jump in. Uh, Pauline, Pauline Cushman was originally born with the name Harriet Wood in New Orleans, June 10th, 1833. Now, this is where the gap comes in because most places will start when she's 18, go into New York City. So what happens after she's born? Well, her, her parents have a business in New Orleans. They're there for a very short time after uh, after she's born, and they move to Michigan, where they live next to an Indian reservation. And uh, during that time as she's growing up, Pauline becomes um, a favorite of the reservation. Uh, she plays with the kids. She gets to know them. Um, it's, a, it's a really good relationship uh, Pauline has with the individuals that are on the reservation. Now, Pauline's uncle that lives with them fought with Napoleon. So the stories go that, that Pauline used to sit at his feet and listen to the war stories from her uncle. Now, she had a couple of brothers, but they didn't want to hear the stories. Pauline wanted to hear the stories. Pauline became um, a, a marksman with a rifle. She just she was extraordinary. OK, so she's growing up uh, around this Indian reservation in Michigan. And here she is. She's coming to the, uh, to the 18 years of age. And she hears all these fascinating stories from Pennsylvania and New York and all this stuff that is going on. And she wants to experience this. So she decides to head out to New York. And uh, while in New York, she becomes an actress. She starts um, performing in plays and stuff like that. And she's successful at what she's doing. But in 1853... She marries a musician named Charles Dickinson, and they settle in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, I've spent some time in Cleveland, Ohio, so I have to do some research into Pauline in Cleveland at some point and see if there's any history that's left there that I can dig into and share on another podcast. But she's in Cleveland, Ohio, 1853, married to Charles Dickinson. Now, they settle down, uh, become husband and wife, uh, earn a living, and then the Civil War breaks out. And um, Charles Dickinson signs up for the Civil War, and he dies in 1862. And then Pauline heads back to being an actress. She heads back to the stage. Now, here's where it kind of takes a turn. This is where Pauline's life accelerates from, like, zero to a thousand really quick. In 1863, she's uh, performing in a play in Louisville, Kentucky. And after the play is over, she is approached by some Southern sympathizers, some, and they're, they're officers in the Confederacy. Now, Pauline is a strong unionist. She is, she is pro-union uh, to, to, to the bone, I would say. And she is approached by two officers, and they ask her to do something that she think is unthinkable. And that is to offer, propose a toast to Jeff Davis and the Confederacy after her performance. And she looks at these gentlemen and she's like, that would cause a riot. People would start fighting. It would be a scene. It would be disastrous for me to do such a thing in this town at this time. Because there was both Union and Confederate in the area. 
And the two Confederate uh, gentlemen uh, assure Pauline that nothing of the sort would happen. And they're, they're willing to pay her a substantial amount of money to raise this toast to the Confederacy. So Pauline says, you know what, I'll think about it. And she leaves and uh, she goes and she talks to a, a general in the Union Army. She is very angry that these that these Confederates are asking her to do such a thing. So she goes and speaks uh, to a general in the Union Army and, and they talk to each other. And after speaking to Pauline, Pauline for about a half an hour, the general sees that her loyalty lies with the Union and with the Union Army. So he tells Pauline, go ahead and, and, and do the toast. Now, Pauline, she's speechless. She, don't, she can't believe her ears. He's telling her to go ahead and, and give a toast to Jeff Davis and the Confederacy? And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, this, will, this is actually going to help us. And, and he assured her that he will be in that room when she gives that toast. And uh, Pauline, after talking to him for a while, says, okay. So that night, the, the, uh, the play has taken place, and, you know, it's, it's building up. This thing is building up with the Confederates that are in the room with, with Pauline. You know, this is what she's going to do. And she stands up, and she raises a toast, or raises her glass, and raises a toast to the Confederacy and Jeff Davis. Now, she thinks that there's going to be an all-out brawl, but the room falls absolutely silent after Pauline gives this toast. And then a few minutes later, that's when all the ruckus starts happening and Pauline leaves. And what happens is the, the uh, play, the performance that hired her at, at, this, um, at this hall immediately fires her and tells her to get her trunk and all her clothing out as soon as possible. She's fired uh, for making such a toast to the Confederacy. Now she goes back, I'm sorry, folks, now she goes back to the Union General, and they sit down and they talk, and he uh, he appreciates what she did. It, it um, they uh, they figured out a few of the people that were in the room, and um, he sits down and he talks with Pauline, and he he tells her about this opportunity that he wants to present her, but the opportunity is very risky, very very dangerous. So he's just going to say, you know, this is what it is, and she can accept it or not, but if she's caught. Uh, it, it she will be put to death, and what it is is he he puts out this uh, this map, this um, these talking points about her becoming a female spy for the Union Army in the uh, Tennessee Valley, and she listens to all this, and again he he says, look, if you're caught, you will be hung, and uh, you know this is very dangerous, but we think that you will be able to get into areas that that we can't get into and won't uh, arouse such suspicion. Well, Pauline accepts. Now, to me, that's pretty pretty phenomenal. Um, Pauline accepts to become a female spy, and uh, she is bre uh, briefed by generals in the Union Army before she leaves. Uh, she has all of her wardrobe and everything is taken from the stage and put into this general's uh, house that he's at so it can be saved. And uh, she goes off and, and, and does what is asked of her uh, by her country. Now, she steals, 
Pauline steals documents off of desks of generals that want to get close to her. She copies maps of troop movements and does all this stuff and sends it back and truly, truly helps out the Union cause uh, during the time of the Civil War. And uh, as she's doing all this, and again, I go back to that book. You'll want to read the book because it fills in. It gives more meat to the story. I'm just, I'm just quickly going over this again at a sprinter's pace uh, in the next 30 minutes. But what eventually happens is Pauline gets caught, okay? And she... There is it's 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 terrible that I'm doing this that I'm glossing over some of the events in in that that she went through uh, some of of the things that took an enormous an, an enormous amount of um, of courage to do while she was on the Confederate side of the lines and she continually had to hear how horrible the Union was and. And it just boiled her blood to hear this because she couldn't believe that people actually thought uh, of their fellow citizens this way. And uh, when she was caught, she was um, she was she was put in the tent, and uh, outside the tent, she could hear the Union. I mean, the Confederate soldiers talking, and uh, how they how they treated people in prison. One of the stories in the book was that the Confederates, there was a prison that was, it was just too crowded. So the general's like, you know, if you shoot a a Union soldier trying to escape, then you'll get so many days off. We'll give you seven days off. So Confederates sat outside and tried to egg on Union people to escape so that they could shoot them so they could get time off. Uh, She heard stories like that all night long. She couldn't sleep. But um, when she did get caught, she was taken to General Bragg, and uh, while she was there with General Bragg, she was bought, brought in, sat down at a table, and uh, he sat down, and he started questioning her on uh, on her story because she was saying that she was a um, a loyal uh, loyal to the uh, the Confederate cause. Uh, she was just trying to get to Tennessee to get her clothes that she left behind uh, because. She gave that toast. That was her big thing. He was like, well, how did you end up coming here? And she's like, well, when I was in uh, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, I, I gave a toast uh, supporting the Confederacy and Jeff Davis and the general of the Union Army uh, made me leave and he kept my clothes. My trunk is there and he made me leave and I was escorted out of that territory. And uh, so he kept questioning her and and Pauline always had the answers, and they sounded really good. But General Bragg did not trust her at all. And so she left. And before she left, she's, he's like, you know, if we find out that you're working for the Union, if we find out that you're actually a Union spy, you will be hung. And Pauline's like, well, you know, if if that falsehood was found in in and, and and this is what you did. She said, I'd rather stand in front of a firing squad than to be hung. And the general says to her, no, we, we that's not what happens with spies. You will be hung. So she leaves out. And uh, over time, while she's waiting, she ca- she's uh, told to come back in a couple days later. And as she sits down, he uh, the general takes out 
some documents out of his desk and Pauline's heart sinks because now she's got to be, she's got to do some fast thinking here. The documents that he took out are the documents she had hidden on her person when she was captured. And the Union Army general told her long time ago that you need to memorize these plans. You need to, you know, to look them over and memorize them and then bring back the information. Do not let the enemy catch you with documents on your person. And this is exactly what happened. So the general takes them out and he lays them down. And he says, Pauline, do you recognize these documents? And she says, yes. She tries to bring it off as then she was trying to help the Confederacy and, 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 and concealing certain things. And she said a lot of things in the book that I cannot remember at this very time and uh, tried to cover. And uh, you could tell that wasn't working for General Bragg. And uh, after that conversation, she left the room and then they were going to convey and see if what was going to happen to her. Was she going to be hung as a spy or was she going to be found not guilty and released? So she goes back and, um, you know, she becomes very ill, uh, very weak. She can't get up to eat and anything. She has this high fever. She's in a in a room that's it's like 90 degrees. And she's just it's just it's an awful situation for her. Uh, very few people are coming in to check on her. Yet over time, she wins over uh, a doctor um, that that's working there, and he comes and checks on her. She wins over a few. Uh, one of the generals that keeps coming in and checking on her. And over time, she's just waiting for this uh, um, the decision to come down. What's going to happen with her? And uh, as she's so sick every day, the thought of being hung is, is, is sickening her heart, making her feel worse. And she's thinking to herself, this is it. This is how I am going to die uh, in this camp. And, and they're going to hang me. And, you know, she she wasn't fearful so much of death as, as it was how her death was going to be looked upon, how it wasn't it was going to be so less honored by being hung than being shot by a firing squad. And so days go by, still feeling terrible, doctors checking on her. And then one of the individuals that comes in that has been speaking to her for quite some time as she's been locked up, came in and said, we have a verdict. And in her weak state, she looks at him and says, well, what is it? And he's like, the verdict, the verdict is you're guilty. You're guilty. And uh, her next question is how she's going to perish. And uh, he says, by the hangman's noose. And that just makes Pauline sink into an unbelievable misery uh, that I can't even fathom. And so he leaves, and she's laying there. And the thing is, the for some reason, as I'm reading through the book and, and stuff like that, the Confederates aren't, they're not going to send her to the gallows in the condition that she's in. And since she's so sick and she really can't stand, they leave her alone. And uh, days go by, and something happens that's just unbelievable. Her prayers are going to be answered. And laying in that state... She uh, she hears some ruckus outside, and what's happening is the Union troops are close. So they're trying to pack up the camp. They're trying to move everything out of there. 
and uh, this this is getting this is coming to her ears, and they're asking if Pauline can be moved, and the doctor there's like, no, absolutely not, she can't be. So she is put into the hands of the doctor that's there to stay there. Now, come to find out, this doctor is actually pro union. He's just acting to be uh, for the Confederacy, and Pauline knows this, and so he is. She is put into the hands of his, him and his wife in a separate house. And the next day, the Union Army comes in and rescues Pauline. They drive out the Confederates. And she gets out of this weakened state to go out to the porch and look out and calls one of the generals that she recognizes. And he hears the voice, but it really doesn't strike him. And he's like, we'll be back later tonight. We can talk to you later tonight. And that night they came back and they found out that this famous spy, this heroine, this unbelievable uh, woman is still alive. They thought she was dead. The, the report was that she perished. They were looking for her. She, they told her, we've been looking for you, but we could not find you. And we thought you had perished. And um, so we're going to stop the story there. Again, check out the book. Um the Life of Pauline Cushman. It costs a couple of dollars to download. It's going to fill in a lot of these blanks that I'm giving you in this podcast. Her life needs to be uh, brought to light a lot more than what I can do in 30 minutes. So the war ends. She gets a little bit, she gets better. And uh, what happens is she starts going on a speaking tour about her time as a union spy and all of the, the action that she was involved in and and, and people people loved it, and, and she was making a living by doing it. But over time, just like everything else, people get tired of hearing the stories because, you know, time separates everything. And I see that a lot in a lot of the uh, history that I've been studying in the great state of Arizona. People like James, um, people like um, Charles DeBrill Poston, um, who was born in 1825, uh, in, in Kentucky, um, he became known as the father of Arizona uh, because he helped uh, Arizona become a separate territory in February of 1863 under President Lincoln. But he dies poor and, and, and put into this grave in Phoenix, and people just forget about him. They don't want to hear his stories anymore. But uh, his his um, his history has been brought to light uh, through my YouTube videos and through podcasts. Uh, Charles DeBrill Post and known as the father of Arizona. I had to throw that in because so many people's stories out there are hidden. Um, really quick, I, I I I liken it to in 2015. I started uh, looking into my family's ancestry. I paid for one of those subscriptions for a Christmas present. And I found out something about my grandfather's military service that just blew my mind. And my family could not believe the documents in the history of my grandfather. Uh, his two children didn't know anything about it. So again, it's bringing, studying and bringing things to light. Uh, we need to do that. We need to bring people like Harriet Wood, known as Pauline Cushman, her life, out to the light so people can see, you know, what this woman did because the ends of her days are very sad. But let's move forward. In 18, uh, let's see here, 18, let me make sure that I have this right, folks. 
She marries again around 1872 in San Francisco, California. But unfortunately, two years later, she becomes a widow again. And now she's working as a maid and she's working uh, in these boarding houses. She's cleaning. She's trying to make a living. And in, um, I'm sorry, I'm just moving a a few things around here. (laughs) Not very professional. Uh, Sometimes around 1876, she meets a minor and businessman named Jeremiah Fryer, who's 15 years her junior. Okay. And uh, they get together. And uh, by, I believe, January 29th, 1879, they get married and they run a boarding house in Casa Grande, Arizona, because Fryer was going to set this boarding house up prior to that because he knew the railroad was coming through there. And they do this and they they have this beautiful boarding house. It's known throughout all of Casa Grande in the area. People love staying there. It's clean and um, they love uh, the company that's in the boarding house. So uh, they get married at the 29th of January, 1879 in Florence, Arizona. And that house is still there uh, off of Ruggles Street in Florence. That very place that Pauline and her husband got married is right there. And it's on the historical marker on the outside. Uh, the house that they, that they bought, uh, the house that they lived in, is right down the street from the first Pinal County Courthouse that has also the historical marker on that uh, on that building uh, talking about Pauline and her time in the Union Army and her time being an actress. That house is for sale. It's been for sale for as long as I've been going to Florence the last, I don't know, 15, 16 months. That house has been on the market for sale. I always t- tag HGTV and try to find somebody out there that will come to Florence and uh, and redo this home. It's too historic for something to happen to it. So if you know anybody looking for a historic property, uh, especially out in Florence, and Florence is going to start thriving. I truly believe that this place, this place has just as much, if not more history than Tombstone, Arizona has. It just hasn't had two major motion pictures done on it. But Florence, Arizona, just as much history as Tombstone, Arizona. But anyhow, uh, the story is, and and I'm not going to really fill you too much in because I'm coming to the end of this podcast, the end of the 30 minutes here. But a a, a story is that in Florence, the sheriff had to leave town and uh, there was uh, three people locked up and the sheriff left somebody behind to watch uh, these prisoners. And uh, there was a group, a crowd uh, gathered in the famed Tunnel Saloon in Florence and they came together because they wanted to go and hang the three gentlemen that were in that Florence jail. They didn't believe that they should be brought to trial. They they were going to bring they were going to come down on vigilante justice and march to that courthouse and take them by force because there was only two people there guarding the courthouse and the sheriff was out of town. Well, the individuals who was guarding the courthouse actually went down and knocked on Pauline Cushman's door, told her what was going on. She got dressed, came to the courthouse, armed with a rifle at the front door, waiting. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but they they hold off the crowd. They actually hold off the crowd, and uh, the prisoners are safe. And uh, that's also thanks to Pauline Cushman standing guard with only four other people against an angry, angry mob in the middle of the night. Pauline was absolutely unbelievable. Um, But unfortunately, 
in uh, December 2nd, 1893, Pauline Cushman perishes in San Francisco, California. They first said it was an overdose. Then they took that back. She was taking uh, prescribed morphine for aches and ailments that she had. But she was buried, folks, in a potter's field. They came and they draped her, her casket with an American flag, knowing what she did. Uh, the few people that buried her in this potter's field. And uh, years later, and this is so great to hear because I've seen this, I've heard this story numerous times for other people like Charles DeBrill Poston. Years later, they came and they moved the body to the, the Presidio National Military Cemetery in San Francisco, California, and they buried it with honors. They buried it with honors. And she is now buried amongst other people who are buried there for certain military honors. So that's great. That's a great story. Um, really quickly, it was said that she was called Major Pauline Cushman during her speaking tours and that Abraham Lincoln gave her that title of major. And a lot of people are like, well, we don't know if we can confirm or deny that. I'm running out of time here, but I do have an article that uh, I printed out from a newspaper in 1896 that said that Lincoln did give her that, that title of major. So she was known from the time she got out of the Civil War as Major Pauline, uh, as Major Pauline Cushman. So I believe that story to be true. Again, she was taken from a potter's field and reburied in the Presidio National Military Cemetery in San Francisco, uh, California. All right, I'm coming up here on the end. I only got like 25 more seconds to say thank you so much for all your support of this podcast please hit the subscribe button. Please leave me a message and tell me that this is where you found me. And please check out my PayPal. Until next time, take care of yourself.